Hello and welcome to the Hedgewitch Herbarium podcast. I'm Kelly Proudfoot and in this a special episode called Weathering the Storm, Staying Sane and Safe in Turbulent Times, there's a trigger warning. Topics will be discussed that may be difficult for some listeners. I'm slightly deviating from my regular content to express my thoughts on current affairs, especially in the US, regarding the war on women, the LGBTQ plus community and people of colour. These are dire times for many, and for the rest of us, the trickle-down effects of asshole politics, excuse my French, um, and religious persecution comes to darken our doorsteps or continues to darken our doorsteps. To start with, the decision of the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade has triggered many of us who have fought for bodily autonomy and the protection of women's rights to think that the powers that be have decreed that an unborn child is more important than the woman carrying them is an abomination inflicted on all human beings. These so-called leaders are telling us that even a child who's been raped must carry the baby to term, regardless of their emotional and physical states. Without getting too deep in the weeds, it's important to remind ourselves that this outrageous decision will have a ripple effect that goes beyond religious and political spheres. However, there is hope that the wrongs will be righted eventually. Keep in mind that there's also a lot going on behind the scenes when it comes to political agendas that are intertwined with religious bigotry. We are being pitted against each other to create disunity, since it's easier to control the masses when they're divided rather than united. If we're at each other's throats all the time, we might ignore seemingly smaller agendas that sneak into law, and we might even turn a blind eye to lesser indignities, to say the least. Thanks to the previous administration and their deplorable cronies and crimes, we have a heightened race war, with innocent people of colour being sacrificed at the altar of greed and evil. But that's only the tip of the iceberg. It's obvious that the divide-and-conquer routine we see being played out in the public arena involves reducing the rights of those considered to be outside prescribed cultural norms, such as the LGBTQ plus community, but that also includes minorities. It's interesting to note that it all boils down to fear of the unknown or those who live different lives. If they're lashing out at us and trying to control us, that means they fear us. Always keep that in mind. Even those who support us from the sidelines who may not be considered a part of our communities, such as whites, men and others who are negatively impacted when arsehole directives come down from above. The flow-on effect can be like a tidal wave which is difficult to deal with on top of our everyday struggles. Some solutions include voting the arseholes out, strengthening our resistance by attending protests and gathering like-minded individuals around us as a buffer and extra layer of support, but we should also take time out to reflect on our own values and how to maintain compassion, which is difficult to do. 
For me, my main concern is the protection of the environment and the animals striving to survive in the aftermath of the decimation of the earth, including eco-terrorism by multinational companies who bulldoze their way across the world for the sake of protecting their profit margins. This is one of the reasons these people feel the need to reclaim and maintain power, along with the support of the religious right who ignore the altruistic ideal of the separation of church and state. Each of those sides support the other in an attempt to keep the status quo in turmoil. The arsehole companies and those who run and own them have a vested interest in keeping their consumers in a state of panic, which results in things such as impulse buying, accepting low wages and subpar living conditions, to name a few. The religious right have a vested interest in keeping us sheep-like, flocking to the churches for community and protection against what we've been told is dangerous to us, such as powerful and independent women, gay marriage, people of colour and critical thinking. Both of these factions have infiltrated the government parading as special interest groups that form lobbies who pay for play, so to speak. When they bend the ears and line the pockets of the powers that be, they forge their way through to become a part of the government that ends up dictating to and controlling the people. It's been happening for a long time, and now we see the results in shocking clarity. All our protests might seem to be falling on deaf ears when even backing up our claims with facts and figures. It's not enough to have truth on our side and it's difficult to watch the opposition within government lacking the fight we need them to have. Words are not enough, so the only thing left is action. But how do we accomplish that when we feel small and powerless against such tyranny? Resistance is not futile when the heart is on fire. Starting with our own spheres of influence means starting with ourselves. Understanding who we are is the first step. We need to ask ourselves the following questions. What are my values? What am I prepared to sacrifice? Who do I gather around me? What no longer serves me? How can I protect myself? Where are my boundaries? What do I accept or reject? You might have other questions in mind, but I assume you get the gist of what I'm saying. Understanding our capacities and our limits helps to shape who we want to be in this world and what we can do to support the resistance. A groundswell at a grassroots level involves joining forces and aligning ourselves with like-minded individuals and groups where we are bolstered by community and forging a path that leads to, hopefully, a united front so we can kick against the pricks. We can do this in small ways to start with. If you're not a church-going Christian, it can be hard to work alongside colleagues who think it's fine for them to gloat about how they are blessed when you are treated like a pariah if you express your own beliefs or thoughts on religion and other topics. I deal with this on a daily basis at my job where people feel free enough to play their sermons out loud on their phones in my presence, going on about how they love Jesus and how they were saved and so on. I know that I'm in the minority, but I believe that politics and religion should be kept out of polite conversation, especially at work, where they blather about freedom of religion, not understanding that it includes freedom from religion. 
Politics and religion are personal beliefs and as such need to be left at the door, especially in the workplace. I know that if I wore my pentagram to work, I'd be admonished for attempting to frighten the clients and my co-workers. However, they pay no heed to the horrors inflicted on the world by religion and how I'm offended when they try to force their beliefs down my throat. I've been privy to some wild antics in my working life from all sides. I've witnessed racial bigotry, sexual harassment, political propaganda and more besides. I have no problem calling it out when I see it, but it's difficult when you rely on a paycheck to keep paying the bills. Asking questions such as, is this appropriate, or rolling your eyes when someone gets started are small ways to fight back when you feel like flipping the tables, just like Jesus. Believing in ourselves and staying true to our values includes how we carry ourselves in the outside world. We need to unashamedly allow ourselves to be just as focused and empowered as the other side, whatever that side may be. Letting people know that we won't tolerate their bullshit, again, excuse my French throughout this episode, um, and that we won't stray from our own beliefs in order to make them feel safe or righteous is one way of fortifying our own defences. Speaking up when we are witness to indignities or worse might seem terrifying, especially when our livelihoods and even our lives are at stake. Shaming and condemning others might be anathema to our sensibilities, and aside from falling into the pit of cancel culture, there's nothing wrong with calling out asshole tendencies no matter where it comes from. As always, there are ways to do this without coming across as an embittered shrew or a Karen or Darren. Upholding truth and reciting facts and figures might fall on deaf ears, but if we stick to our guns, they'll realise that we won't lay down like a dead dog. I find it useful to engage the arseholes with probing questions aimed to at least disarm them. Questions such as, Why are you so angry? Did your parents teach you that? What do you really believe is true? Is this coming from a place of pain or trauma? What happened to make you so bitter, vengeful or hateful? Why do you think it's appropriate to bring this up here? Why are you telling me that? Are you assuming that I feel the same way? Taking their power away and letting them know that you're onto them will at least keep them away from you for a short while, but if it's a bigger issue affecting adherence to the laws of ethics, there's nothing wrong with asking management or whoever is in charge to arrange a meeting for these issues to be discussed. This might send shockwaves through the business or organisation, group or family, and you might catch flack for being outspoken, but staying true to what's right and sticking to your values is your way to keep your integrity and reputation intact. On the one hand, it's not healthy to operate in a bubble where you're the only one being righteous, but on the other hand, your own sanity is at stake, especially if you can't break away from the assholes right now since the bills don't stop coming. It might seem that our hands are tied with public vilification on social media where death threats abound, but aligning ourselves with those who have a protective umbrella is a way to ensure our safety. At the threat of being thought of as unpopular, crazy or misaligned, it's important to keep firm in our beliefs and values. 
It would be nice if societal norms included open and thoughtful discussion, but critical thinking seems to be lacking and putting ourselves out there can be a daunting proposition when the assholes don't understand or refuse to understand things such as context, facts and reality itself. Developing a thick skin helps and while compassion for others is a way to keep us sane, doing uh, our best not to demonise the other side in retaliation, we also need to remember to keep some of that compassion for ourselves. Self-care is fine, but it doesn't hurt to step outside our comfort zones to stand up for what is right. I've learned not to accept unacceptable behaviour or words, and as a crone, I suffer fools much less than I used to. There's a way to speak up without fighting fire with fire, although there's a place for that when the need arises. Speaking in public forums rather than safely behind a screen may seem frightening, but when there's a will, there's a way. Donating to groups who are fighting the good fight and sharing pertinent information at rallies and workshops are two ways to get involved, but there's always a risk of being exposed to opposing forces. It can be annoying to end up in an argument with those who believe propaganda without proper analysis, and also dangerous when faced with people who stick to their guns no matter what. The important thing is to make sure that we're safe and while we sometimes have to leave our comfort zones to fight for what is right, in these times it's often safer to do it from behind a screen. This makes me mad because it can mean that the opposition is keeping us down, but we can vote at elections and vote with our wallets, refusing to purchase any goods or services that we know are sourced from asshole companies. So now I want to share a ritual I created for justice, which includes elements of protection and courage, especially useful for empowering yourself before going out of the home, which is a lot for some people, whether meeting in a large group, including hopefully peaceful protests, or when about to state your case at work, in court or wherever. It's about ensuring protection against others who might wish us ill will, or getting in our own way by being overly passionate or worse. This ritual includes a call for wisdom in terse situations and ensuring that your righteousness is justified and true. To start with, let's have a look at the correspondences which you may or may not wish to use. The deity, Ma'at. The Egyptian goddess of divine order, truth, justice, wisdom and so on. She weighed the hearts of the deceased against her feather for judgment. I thought about adding a consort for this ritual like Anubis, but I sense that having a laser focus in difficult situations includes using the energies of one deity and my art fits the bill. Colours, red, white and black. Gemstone, carnelian for courage, power and eloquence of speech. Herbs, black cohosh, yarrow and mugwort. Days, so it depends on what you're going to be doing on what particular day and when it comes to things like events that are outside of your control planned by others like whether it's a gathering or a protest or whatever, you can choose... um, the days for whatever uh, event is coming up that you have control over, but it gives you an idea also about the energies of each day. So for Monday, it's the best day for planning and introspection. 
with a water energy. Tuesday is best for power with a fire energy. Wednesday is the best day for communication and creativity with the energy of air. Thursday is the best day for justice and employment conditions with an earth energy. Friday is the best day for peaceful negotiations and forming alliances with the energy of water. Saturday is the best day for closing off, banishing or withdrawing to recharge the batteries with the energy of earth. And Sunday is the best day for positive outcomes and new beginnings with the energy of fire. You can create your own spell or just carry the herbs and stone in a mojo bag, but to elevate your purpose and stamp it into your consciousness, a ritual is a good way to perform or program yourself, especially when you state your purpose out loud to the universe. After casting the circle, you might want to use salt to create a physical circle of protection for the ritual. Calling the quarters and invoking the deity... I'm using Ma'at as an example here. You can light the candles, red, white or black, or all three, and light the charcoal before throwing a generous pinch of incense prepared with the herbs as mentioned before as an offering to the deity. The statement could be something like this for the purpose of justice. I invoke thee, almighty Ma'at to bring your powers of judgment and wisdom to empower me in my plight for justice. I invite the powers of insight, protection, righteousness and justice in my plight. I ask that you stand with me, Ma'at, and when the time comes, wield your feather of judgment. May I always be protected in dire situations and may my speech reflect the truth. I will act peacefully in fairness and stridently in danger in respect to your gifts for which I thank thee, Ma'at. So mote it be. Throw another large pinch of incense on the charcoal and meditate on feeling the energies you evoked swirling around you and then through you from the top of your head through your crown chakra and then flowing down to ignite all your chakras until you feel grounded and connected to the universe at the same time. Take the remaining herbs and the carnelian stone and hold them in your right palm. See the energies flowing out of your third eye and infusing the herbs and stone which can be placed in a sachet or mojo bag for carrying later on. As the energies finish filling your etheric body and the mix in your hand, prepare to dismiss the quarters, thank the deity and close the circle. It's important to remember that other people out there in the world are as angsty as you are about either the same or different causes and justices. The fact that some like to carry guns makes it more dangerous, so it's wise to protect yourself physically by keeping away from violent mobs or those who obviously enjoy running amok. It's easy to be swept up in another's wave of hysteria and before you know it you're involved in acts of vandalism or violence that could get you charged, injured or even killed. Stick to your initial objective and always keep yourself safe. Of course, that's the extreme end of it when you venture out of your home or safe space and enter the throng. 
As for staying sane during the crazy crap going on in the world, creating a cocoon at home or somewhere safe so that you can withdraw and retreat to and recharge your batteries is the best course of action. You can ground yourself by laying on the earth and meditate on the bad or negative energy seeping into the ground and transforming into useful compost, nourishing the earth in thanks. Even though it might seem anathema to you, listen to the other side to make sure you have your facts straight and to afford a little compassion so that you can hear their story, where reading between the lines can dig up more insights that you might not have been privy to before. A well-rounded understanding of any situation paves the way for more thoughtful solutions. For a calming tea after a stressful day, you might consider skullcap, chamomile and lavender, or substitute with peppermint, with a splash of honey and lemon. Well, that's it for this special episode, and I'm going to start putting uh, links or documents in the transcript section so that you can see them for yourself. Uh, I will be at some stage over the next couple of months back going back over the previous episodes and creating the documents and putting them there. I'm sorry, I intend to. And then, of course, there's work and other things in my life that call me away. But I hope you all stay strong and righteous through whatever you're facing. And until next time, blessed be.